Welcome to Eastgate Church. I trust you'll find this message inspiring and encouraging for you today. I'll start with Isaiah and um, and I'll just read a couple of verses to us this morning. I love the Lord because he first loved me. Amen. Glory to God. The only reason you can love the Lord is because he first loved me because I didn't know him because I was trapped in that wonderful evil, should I say wonderful, sorry, that wicked world that is out there. I was part of that wicked, evil world. You heard me saying part of that tape, it's evil. Let's call it what it is. It's evil and it's wicked. There's nothing good out there in that world, especially today when we see the terrible wickedness that's consumed our land and consumed our people. It is wickedness. Let us acknowledge it as it is, as God sees it, not as we would seek to see it. Isaiah says this in 16, just a couple of verses. It says, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. Gentiles will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. So again, just again, just off the back of the last couple of weeks, the ministry was centered on bringing back the ark of God. And for those who were here the last couple of weeks, it's out there online, you can visit with it. And I think the scripture fits in that well. We want to see the glory of God back in the land of Scotland. Amen, glory. We want to see the presence of God again coming back into our land because the presence of God has left our land. I've said that in the times past. Thank God we have got a, we have got a flavor, we've got a, a degree, but we've not got the glory of God as we once had as a nation. Hallelujah, we've lost it because of the wickedness of the people, because the people have turned their backs upon God, therefore God stands back from the people. That's how it works. When we disown God, God will stand back from us and disown us. When we will then get on our knees and repent and cry out to God, then God will come back to us. That's why Eastgate is called after Isaiah 43, 1 to 5. Amen. For the glory of God came back in through the East Gate and filled the temple again, and the temple was filled with the glory of God. Hence the reason we've got a desire not only to see the glory of God in this church, but in all churches and in the land of Scotland. Let, let it spill over from there down through the rest of the United Kingdom. Hallelujah. That is what we're trusting God for. That's what we're believing God for. That there is still an opportunity. God is looking for a people who will get on their knees before God and will begin to cry out to him seriously. And if I look at the prayer meetings that we have every morning and, and, and the Friday night and evening, well, I think we could do, some of us could do with giving ourselves a little shake up and realize it was a place to come to with communal prayer. Thank God for private prayer. I have my own private prayer. I trust you'll get your own private prayer. But there's something about communal prayer. The church came together in prayer and communion. We were never called to be sitting ourselves in our own wee houses doing what we thing before us in the Lord. I speak to people all the time. Yeah, I believe in Jesus. Well, I don't need to go to church to believe in Jesus. I can spend my time worshiping the Lord just myself and have my own special little time with the Lord. Thank God for that. But there's a place where we come together because there's a power in togetherness. Amen. God has called us to be together. So thank God for us this morning that we are together in the house of the Lord. So those last couple of weeks to see the glory of God again being brought back into the assembly and the assemblies of the saints and then let it spill out into the land. And before we can get too excited here at Eastgate Church, if you go back to chapters 8 and 10 of Ezekiel, the glory of God went out through the Eastgate and left the temple. Amen? But there's a place when they go, came back in again through that Eastgate. Glory to God. Hence the reason that's what we're really trusting and believing him for this morning. So hallelujah. So the reason being obvious, it's dark out there, isn't it? 
That's why we need to see the glory of God. We need to see again the light of God, as we said here. It says here, hallelujah, the glory of God, the light of God, your light come, hallelujah. Arise and shine for your light has come. And we need that light like never before. Because why? Because as I said, it's dark out there. Let us never forget that we were once out there. Sometimes we forget that when we get saved, don't you? Forget, listen, I was out there in that darkness. I was consumed by that darkness. I was kicking my heels up and enjoying that darkness and all the mad living that I once get caught up in. Let us remember where we came from. Sometimes we forget that. We find we're in the church for nice and cozy. We're all going to heaven, happy, clappy, wonderful, and great, and glorious. And then we just camp in here and we forget there's an out there. Amen. Then we need to be that light out there. Glory to God. You know, Peter says it well, doesn't he, when he says, and 1 Peter 2 and 9 just caption a little part of that in verse. It says, who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. I love that word marvelous. The marvelous light of the glory of God. That's what we have been called into. We could just drop up here to John 3, 16 as well. For we know that wonderful scripture. Some people say it's one of the fam most famous scriptures in the whole book. And it's for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him need not perish but will have eternal life. Isn't it amazing the grace of God went to all creation? Everyone has been given an opportunity to give their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord has given himself to all who would come and avail themselves to that wonderful salvation. So we'll just read from verse 17 onwards. I just quoted 16. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Isn't it amazing? God doesn't condemn us. He convicts us, but he hasn't condemned us. The day will come when we will be condemned at that last day. When you stand before the living God, when everyone's been confronted and stand before the living God, that day will be, you will be condemned to hell, to a lost eternity. That's the, the, that's the end result. That's the end of the road. Hallelujah for those who refuse the grace of God that has been given to us. It says, he who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe in him is condemned already because they've refused to believe, because they have not believed in the name of the only, the only begotten Son of God, Jew or Gentile, I might add. And this is a condemnation that the light has come into the world, but men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. People have enjoyed their wickedness. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he does, the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. So people can't come into the light. Why? Because they're in darkness, they're in darkness, and they hate to be, the light exposes darkness, so they'll stay away from that. That's why when we reach out often, people will just will react badly. For you have been out in the streets with me on any Wednesdays, uh, the last couple of Wednesdays we've waned off, and um, I'm sure Craig will give us that full on, and Julian of late as well, that when people just sometimes react badly, when they hear the gospel being preached. You know why? Because they're in darkness and they're reacting against. It's that spiritual reaction against the gospel of the living God. Hallelujah. Thank God for reaction. I love getting reactions, you know. You know, maybe, maybe there's a time when somebody will start batting me over the head with a club or something. I might not necessarily be rejoicing then, but, but at least thank God for reaction rather than these wee women that just walk by you like this. As if they don't hear you, I run after them and say, excuse me, excuse me. Then they're forced to say something to me. But they don't want it. Why? Because darkness and the scriptures there have made that very, very clear. Hallelujah. Light has come, but the darkness doesn't want to receive the light. 
but we still are called to go forth, friends. We are a light unto the world. That's what the Lord has called us to. We'll just emphasize that. We'll drop into Matthew now, just emphasizing on just this little aspect of being lights, especially in this day in which we find ourselves. It's good for us to be reminded of what we've been called to be. We've called to be light. Amen. We have called to be light. So we can see that very clearly here. In Matthew 5, just reading from 14 to 16. It says, you are the light of the world. A city set in a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Amen. So scriptures very clearly are telling us to what? It's time for us to shine more lights. It's time for us to be that light that he has called us to be. We're called to be a light unto the world, the very words of Jesus. And he's not just speaking to his disciples. He's speaking to the multitude. He's speaking to those who will come and believe in him. We are lights and we need to be shining forth. Hallelujah. In this dark world in which we find ourselves. It's time for us to stand up for the gospel. It's time for us to stand up for truth and for righteousness. It's time for us to stand up for the living God, for the one that we have given our hearts to. It's time for us to stand up and be the people that God has called us to be. We are called to be lights, amen, that people can see our good works. Yes, it's not. We don't work our way into heaven. It's by grace that we have been saved, but then good works are expected of us. So we sometimes think, well, we just need to be saved, brother. That's it. I'm saved. Glory to God. I'm going to heaven. That's the, end of the, that's the end of it. That's all we have to do. No, we need to be busy about our master's business. We're called to be a light. And the Bible is saying, what your good works and I'll leave your good works to my good works and whatever thy works might be. But God is expecting something from us. That's what it means to be a light unto the world. Hallelujah. But let us remember who the light is. Amen. Because the light is not you and it's not me. Who is the true light that God is, the, the, Lord, the Lord himself? So let's just go back to John and we'll go to chapter 1 there. John's Gospel, chapter 1, and we'll see here from, we'll start from 1, we'll go through to 9. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Amen. Just like the days we're finding in, we're in just now. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came as a witness to bear witness to the light that all through him might believe. He was not the light, but he was sent to bear witness to that light. That was the true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world did, although the world was made through him, the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. But as many did receive him, he gave the right to become children of God to those who will believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but born of God. Born of God. Isn't that amazing? We've been born of God. Born again means we've been born of the spirit of the living God. Hallelujah. But Jesus and Jesus alone is the light. And John the Baptist came to be a witness to the light. Or we could say he came to reflect the light. He came as a reflection of the light that was to come. Amen. And that's what God has called us to. We are to reflect the light of Christ into this world in which we find ourselves. You know, have you ever stood in the sun? You know, when we get sun in this land, I mean, it's like, I mean, well, I'm going to say nothing about Glynis and Gordon because they were away somewhere recently and there was lots of sun. 
As soon as I heard her starting to mention mosquitoes, I says, yes, yes, yes. That was a dead giveaway. I'm, I'm, I'm a sunshine lad. I like sun. I should have been born in a sunny climate. But anyway, thank you, Lord, for Scotland. I couldn't live anywhere else because my heart's in Scotland. Amen. Glory to God. But light, when you get that sun and you stand and you just stand there, I just love standing, looking up. But what do you tend to find when you're standing in the sun and you're lighting up? There's a shadow behind you, isn't there? There's a shadow behind you. Why? Because the sunlight then creates that shadow when you're standing in the glorious light. A reflection of the like of you has been reflected back again. Hallelujah. And we can see that there as well. Do you remember when Peter was filled with the Spirit of God? He was a man of God, filled with the Spirit of God. And it says in Acts 5, it says people were bringing people out into the street that Peter's shadow might have actually just, they, they would have been lying there and so when Peter walked by, his shadow might have came across them that they might have been healed. So amazing what God did with the early church. And there's nothing different about the disciples as there was for us. Peter was a man filled with the Holy Spirit. And because of the Spirit of God working in him and the reflection of God in and through him, his very shadow at times, people were getting healed. But we can see that as well when we see the handkerchiefs, remember, that went and touched Paul, another man filled with the Spirit of God, and handkerchiefs that touched this man in aprons were taken from him, and they were taken to the sick, and they were put upon them, and people were being healed. Nothing special about the handkerchiefs, nothing special about Paul, nothing special about Peter, but it was the one that he, they represented, hallelujah, glory to God. They represented the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. They were representing the light. They were only reflections of that light, and that's what God has called us to be. We're called to be reflections of the, of the risen Christ, hallelujah, glory to God. You know, we've been called to such a powerful, powerful ministry and sometimes we sit here and we don't realize what has been invested into us, that we have been given the light of the glory of God within our hearts and our lives and we need to start reflecting that light. Wherever we go, we should be walking into a crowded place and our light should then begin to fill that space. People should be confronted. The darkness will always get confronted with the light. It might not recognize it, but it knows it's there. Amen. Have you ever been in a dark room and you just go out and you light a match? This whole, say this whole room is in blackness and just a tiny little match and you go out and you flick it on. I want you to tell you this, you'll notice that little spark, won't you? You'll notice it. Why? Because immediately it stands out. That's why I love the stars at night. In fact, probably that's why I get saved because I always love walking up the road, usually because I couldn't afford my bus fare because I was up, caught up with many other things. And I used to always just stand in amazement at the heavens, how a star shines forth. I nearly burst into that song, twinkle, twinkle. But I resist the temptation. I've done enough singing in the past, and that one might be just a bit too much for me. But how do they stand out? The reason they stand out is because there's that big sun, S-U-N, in the skies. The only reason they can shine forth is because of that massive ball called the sun. And that's how even the moon stands out, because of the sun that brings everything to light. How much more so the creator of all of that S-O-N, the son of the living God. And the reason we stand out is because of his light reflecting on us that we should be standing out. And I want to tell you this, the moment you get saved and that little light went on, the whole of hell went like that. <coughs> There's another one. Get that light out immediately. That's why sometimes when you get saved, all hell breaks loose. I remember I get saved, all hell broke loose. My friends started giving me dog's abuse. My father disowned me, flung me out of the house. Took a couple of months, the light was kind of burning a little bit in the background. I'm up to visit one day and he, and he came screaming down the stairs like a madman. He says, you've lost your mind, what's this? You prayed for your granny? 
Granny was having a wee bit of dementia and she kind of made a big thing about it. Arthur was over here and prayed for me. She said about an age which wasn't good. And that was the straw that broke the camel's back. And that was us. So I was out and it was a case where the devil challenged me. Is it your family? Is it God? I remember walking down that road and there was no contest. Well, that's, that's his problem, not mine. Father, I know whom I have served. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And God fixed all of that a little bit later on. Hallelujah. But there's always going to be an attack to put the light out or to stifle that light. Keep it small. We don't want it to be shining too bright. And that's the problem with most of the church. Just keep it small. Contain it. You know what I mean? It's, it's, or if we can't smother it and put it out, let's contain it. Keep it a small fire. I believe someone said that when there was a powerful move of the Holy Spirit, so they say, in the Catholic Church, they called it the charismatic movement. And it was like, now the Catholic Church were very, are very clever. And the Pope and his, his leaders. And they knew they had a problem in their hand. They thought, right, how are we going to do this? Let's just contain it. Contain the fire. Let's contain it. We don't want it to go too far. Just contain it. See, once you think you can contain the Holy Spirit, my friend, you've lost the Holy Spirit. And I'm sorry, I would say that for a lot of the church because we're trying to contain it. Contain it. Let, let's, you know, we'll, we'll contain it. The Spirit of God is never going to be contained. Either you will let him loose completely or you think, well, we'll just contain him. We'll just keep him in. We'll keep him there, as I said last week, remember? So we want the, David, the, the dark of God, but David gets frightened and says, no, we'll put it over there. I'm not going to bring it too close to me because I get frightened. Keep it at arm's length. Do you think the, the Holy Spirit's going to be kept at arm's length while we just go on about our business? Yeah, for a while he'll, he'll, he'll contest and then eventually he'll just say, right, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. He will only come when he's wanted, when he's, when he's desired. You need to desire the Holy Spirit. In fact, here's a wee plug for tonight. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit tonight, I'm going to be praying for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But listen, it's not me who fills. I'm only the one that's going to be praying. There has to be a desire within you. I need an infilling of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We've been there the last couple of weeks, Stuart, as well, when he spoke. There was a, an opportunity to come. I want to tell you this, and tonight, then there's another opportunity. But the only requirement is you've given your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a no-goer. That's a no you need to make a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ, repent of your sins, receive him as Lord and Savior. And then the Bible says, and you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Did Peter not say that in the day of Pentecost? Repent. Acknowledge you're a sinner. Be baptized and you will also receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Didn't he say in 10 years time? Or, or next year? He says, and you will receive the gift of my Father. Do you know the Father has given us a gift of the Holy Spirit? Hallelujah. It's time for us to be people filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the only way we're going to see this nation turned around for God. It's the only way you as a single person is going to see your life turned around for the Holy God when you start getting filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, you don't understand, brother. I deal with that all the time and people are stuck in addiction, stuck in whatever. Many things that people are stuck in and don't just want to hold in and whatever addiction that might be. We're all addicts to one degree or another. You can be an addict, you can be an addict for money and, and, and prestige and, and fame and glory. There's many addicts, we're all addicts to one degree or another. Seems to be one of those bad words, isn't it? We're all addicts. Junk food, telly, whatever it might be, something, pleasure. Well, that's a big one, isn't it? I'm addicted to pleasure. I'm addicted to the things of the world. Doesn't mean you say we're in the world, not of the world. Doesn't mean you say we can't enjoy things. But it's the problem is, is the things get a hold of me if I get a hold of the thing. That's what it put it in its proper place. I mean, he put God in his proper place. That's what we were looking at this morning. Let him be that wonderful light in our lives. Let me move on. Praise the Lord. 
Glory to God. So we can see very clearly here that the word of God is saying to us, as John is making that out, Jesus Christ is the light. He is the light. We are to be reflections of that light. We need to let that light shine within us. Glory to God for his power and his plans and purposes. Let's just jump up here to Acts 13. Just digress there slightly, but it's nice to have a little digression now and again, isn't it? As someone says, you know, so, so praise the Lord. So let me go on to that one. Some people say to me, when people stick and I just lost that where I was going with that little point. You don't understand, brother. You've never been in heroin. So what do you understand about the addictions that I am facing? Well, I've been in, I've been in hash, been in speed, been a bit of cocaine, acid regularly, magic, you know. But I've not been in that. So how do you know? You can't, you don't understand that, 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 you know. And I went, no, brother, stop right now. No, you don't understand. And I'll say this to anybody. You don't, under, you don't understand the power of God. You don't understand the power of God because what you're saying to God is, God, I can't give this up because, and it's because I want to hang on to it. That's what it is. And you will justify it to your blue in the face, my friends. But I want to tell you this, you don't understand the power of God because see the power of God, see that mountain? I'm, go, I'm, going, to, I'm, I'm going to climb that mountain. And the power of God, I don't care what I'm of, whatever's coming against my life, I can overcome that in the power of God. Or else I would have to then turn around and say, God, you're not power enough to get me to get rid of this in my life. That's the other side of the coin, which we don't like to talk about. When God comes into your life, my friend, everything, every, you, you can be victorious in every single area. Do you know why? Because I'm not trying to do it in my own strength now. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Therefore, I can overcome all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Amen. Stop kidding yourself on and justifying the fact of where you're at, my friends. It's time for us to take hold of that to which he's taken hold of me. Now let's go to the book of Acts here. Glory to God. Book of Acts, chapter 13. And this is Paul here. And he says, and Paul is preaching, Antioch. And he says this, For so the Lord has commanded us, I have set you as a light to the Gentiles, that they should be for the salvation to the ends of the earth. Now, when the Gentiles heard this, they were very glad and they glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as had been appointed to eternal life believed, amen. And so Paul went out there now and he was to go and evangelize. And he found himself in this wonderful place of Antioch. And he says there, and, and Paul here is actually quoting from Isaiah. And Isaiah 49 and 6 says this, It's too small a thing for you to be the servant to restore the tribes of Jacob only. And bring back those of Israel that I have kept. For I will also make you to be a light for the Gentiles. That my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. I have made you to be a light to the world. Hallelujah. And that's the thing that got up the Jewish, the Jewish nose. Because they were the people. Amen. And God says yes you are the people. But I've got another people that are not of this neighborhood. Amen. He says now the, the price that Jesus paid was so glorious. Was so wonderful. That that price of that blood that was shed covered every single person that was ever going to be on this planet earth isn't that amazing because that was always God's plan and purpose that he would open up the doors to the whole world hallelujah Gentiles and Jews together for in the Messiah one new man in Christ Jesus that light was to be given to all people and Paul brought that message but see just up there there's a little thing that caught my attention when Paul went out anywhere he always went to the Jews first Okay, Apostle Paul, read it for yourself. He went to the Jews first, and then when they refused it, he says, right, okay, you're refusing it. Now I'm going to go to the Gentiles. 
And that's what he said there. And it says there, but when, when the, the Gentiles were, were hearing, the, so when the Jews went into the synagogue, the Gentiles begged, listen, can you come and give us the gospel? Can you share this gospel message with us? But he went to the Jews first, and then once he rejected, he went to the Gentiles. And it says there, the Gentiles were blessed when the word of God came to them. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Do we know what we are, have got in our possession? This is the word of life. This is the gospel. Hallelujah. And I don't care if people keep rejecting it and rejecting and rejecting it. But I'm going to keep speaking it and speaking it and speaking it and speaking it. Amen. Hallelujah. Because there's going to be somebody that's going to get it like this we saw here. See my hand waving? Because <laughs> I rejected it and I rejected it. But eventually I got it. Because somebody shared it with me. Hallelujah. And it changed my life. <coughs> and it changed my life. It brought light in and replaced the darkness. And still is chasing darkness because I'm not perfected yet but glory to God it's pushing its way through I just need to allow it to go through but let me move on further with those points glory to God friends listen people are, are out there screaming to hear this message of salvation which we have they just don't know it <laughs> there's people out there screaming to hear the gospel they just don't know it because I'm hearing all these other gospel messages or worldly messages. But the people out there are desperate to hear a message of hope. I mean true hope. Do you think people out there are, are, are foolish enough to be trusting in our government and, and, and everything that's been said and all the narratives of today that we're hearing about? People are sick to the back teeth. I talk to people, I know you can't trust them. I'm not interested in me. I just, I'm just going to just keep my head. I'm just going to get on with life. See, as long as I can just watch the football and just, you know, go out and have a few beers, get a few fast pizzas in and, you know, just put my feet up and shut the door in the eye. Everybody will turn around and tell you that everybody's exasperated with our government. Thank goodness for that. They've got a bit of, they've got, at least they've got something going on in their brain. People are looking at seeing the things that our government and other governments are up to this day. People are sick to the back teeth of it, but they just don't, they're, they're looking for a message. This is the message. The glorious message that's never changed. It's the gospel message. They just don't know that they need this message. Hallelujah. That's why we need to pray harder and we need to keep reaching out even more with that gospel message. Hallelujah. They need to see the light. Amen. We, they need to see the light. Glory to God. It's a wee bit scary to think that we are a reflection of the light, but that's what we're meant to be. People should be seeing us, and it should be, they should, we should be saying, saying no, let me tell you about God. The trouble is, we're trying to say, let me tell you about God, and they look at us and say, oh, no, thanks. <laughs> Sorry, a lot of people are not the greatest witnesses and reflectors of that light, but it doesn't detract from the light. God wants to do a new work in his church. I want to tell you this, and God wants to do a, a powerful work in his church now when we will see the power of God operating in his church and people will be coming to us and they will be begging us to come and to teach the word. Please tell me about Jesus. I always remember when I, when I first get saved because Jim Park, remember Jim Park? Some of us will remember Jim. And um, when I used to come into church, I'd come in and I'd go out, I'd come in and I'd go out, and God was drawing me, but I was resistant in and out. I kept resisting because I wanted my drugs, I wanted my hash, I wanted my drink, I wanted these things. I went, no, that will mess with my life. Pathetic, wasn't it? I had a pathetic life in the first place. But, that, you know, and I remember Jim Parry, Jim, Jim would sit with me and want to talk, and then I'd just leave and I'd be way out. And I remember the day I get saved, and I went, Jim, Jim, tell me all about God, tell me about God. And Jim went, hang on, I was like, Arthur, come on. <laughs> Now I'm ready. No, why? Because the light had come in. I want you to know about God now, please. And Jim says, there's a lot to say. Just calm down. <laughs> Takes a bit of time. But glory to God, the, the work had been done. That screaming out. 
So what does it mean to hear the, to see the light? It means to hear the revelation. No, when some, you ever heard that expression when somebody says, you know, to see the light? It means the revelation, truth has come. I've seen the light. You ever heard that experience? You know what I mean? It's like all of a sudden you get it. I get, I get it. I've seen the light. What does that mean? I get it. What they've been talking to me about over a course of just under five years, all of a sudden now I get it. I, I didn't get it at that time. It was getting there, but it's never got it. And then that moment you went, that eureka moment. You know, I get it. I've seen the light. That means when you get the revelation, or shall we say the penny has dropped. <laughs> all right. I get it now. Or as we sometimes you've heard the expressions called a light bulb moment. You ever had one of them? A light bulb moment is when you get it, all of a sudden you get this revelation. Actually, the dictionary definition is a moment of sudden realization of enlightenment or inspiration. The light bulb moment. And I think one of those greatest moments in, shall we say, in the, old, the, the New Testament anyway, it was Paul's conversion, wasn't it? We'll just read a wee bit there. The Damascus Road experience so that we can just emphasize that. It says this, then Paul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked for letters from the synagogue of Damascus to go to Damascus so that he may found any who were on the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now this man was in darkness and he felt he was on a righteous crusade to destroy the way. These believers, they had now destroyed the Messiah, now they wanted to destroy his followers. Do you know they're still trying to do that today, my friends? The Holocaust that's went on for far, far, far too long. From the very beginning, it's still carried on. Christians are being killed all over the world. I forget the stats. It says every hour, X number of Christians are killed every single hour. Every hour. And yet, I don't hear anybody standing up and screaming about it, marching in the streets and says, we need to stop the Holocaust against the Christians. Christians have been murdered all over the world. Who's, who's marching? And demanding that, 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 we, that, that this needs to stop. Putting pressure on these governments as we've got a bunch of Islamists putting pressure on every government to say, stop, stop, stop. I would love to see we be doing that for the, for the sake of the persecuted church. But no, it's, 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 it's a quiet, it's, it's, it's a killing times. And they will probably continue to the day that Lord Jesus Christ comes back. It's called suffering. It's a lot of your prosperity people and other people don't like to hear about suffering for Christ. No, I just want to hear about the blessings of Christ. Thanks, thanks very much. No, I don't like that word suffering. Put that aside. No, we were destined for suffering. Hallelujah. And as he journeyed, he came to Damascus and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. There we the light shone around him from heaven. It was like this bright light. Hallelujah. He fell to the ground and he heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he says, who are you, Lord? And he says, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against the goads. So he trembled and astonished. He said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Revelation now. Right? So the bright light left him blinded, but now here comes the revelation. I'm Jesus, who you are persecuting. He didn't realize this, but that moment of truth came. Revelation. And he says, now, I love, I, love, I love Paul here, trembling but astonished. He says this, Lord, what do you want me to do? I would love that to happen for all of us Christians who get the light bulb moment, you know, when we get saved, that light bulb moment when Jesus came in and said, Lord, what do you want me to do? It's, it's a very sobering question, isn't it? What do you want me to do? I think we have to go back to day one again and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Because to be truthful, much of our times we're, we're doing my thing rather than his thing. 
And we need to give, realize, listen, Lord, what do you want me to do? What's, what, what is it you want me to do for you? Now we know we're not all going to be called to be Apostle Paul's, but we're all called. Amen? If you've given your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. Arise and go into the city, you will be told what you must do. Amen? The Lord doesn't beat around the bush. Go over there, just go into the city, and it'll be told what you must do. And that revelation is unfolding. Amen? And then the men who journeyed with him stood speechless because they heard the voice but seen no one. Saul arose from the ground and when his eyes were opened he saw no one. But they led him by hand and brought him to Damascus and for three days without sight he was in darkness, neither ate nor drank. And we know then that God has spoken to another man and told him, Ananias, to go to Straight Street and because um, there's a man there calling out to me and he's, and he's seen in a vision that you're going to come and lay hands upon him and his eyes are going to be opened and he was going to be what? Filled with the Holy Spirit. And, um, and, and we'll see this. I'll just read that then since we're on that. 11, um, verse 11, it says this. Arise and go to straight, a street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. Behold, he is praying. And in a vision, he's seen a man named Ananias coming in and he will put his hand on him so that he must receive his sight. Hallelujah. And when he goes there, he, goes, he says, go for he is a chosen vessel. And it says in verse 17, Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying hands on him, he says, brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who has appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me so that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's amazing how we see that. And be filled with the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit was essential. Was an essential for you to live a productive life in the Lord Jesus Christ. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales and he received his sight at once. And he arose and he was baptized, amen. And immediately his eyes were opened and the light flooded into his eyes. Glory, hallelujah. The Damascus Road experience, when that brilliant light shone from heaven and surrounded our Paul, but the revelation, see, light is the revelation. That moment when you get that revelation. And I'll tell you, when I got that, that, that moment came, the 1st of June, 1986, about 4.30 in the afternoon, in a place called Stock Street in Paisley. All of a sudden, my eyes were opened and all of a sudden, now I got it. I got it. Hallelujah. And I went trembling before the Lord and I made my peace with God. I repented my sins. I opened up my heart to him and received him as my Lord and Savior. And it was a while after that I get prayed for where people laid hands upon me and I was filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I spoke in tongues. Hope this doesn't offend anyone. Glory to God. I was filled with the Spirit of the living God. Amen. This is what the Lord wants to do for each of us, brethren. We need to have a fresh revelation of what that light means and our responsibility to that. We are called to be reflectors of the light. He's the light. I'm not the light. You're not the light. He is the light. And we've been called to be reflectors. People who are going to reflect the light of God. Amen. And some of us are not reflecting them as he should be reflected. That's the biggest problem we've got today. The church is not reflecting Jesus as he should be reflected. Because we're all caught up in our own little theological debates and what I think and what they think. Listen, forget anything what you think. What we need to find is, is what he thinks. And then let's reflect that. And then we'll see a much more great glorious light in our land and our nation. Amen. Let me finish with this. Here's a wee gem. I'm, I've kept this for, for, for the end. All of them are gems, I might add. But here's a lovely little gem. You'll find it in the book of Job. There's a lot of good things in the book of Job, isn't it? And it's when God confronts Job. 
I love the very start of this. Who then is this that darkens counsel by words? This is the beginning of 38, but it's not the verse 38. It's not the verse I'm actually going to share with you, but I'll just give you a wee intro. I love this. This is the words of the living God. This is the word of the living God. He literally is speaking this word. Job said a lot of moaning and groaning. He's had his, his Job's comforters, his friends, giving their advice and giving their opinions. But now we hear the very words of the living God. Hallelujah. All of it we know is the word of the living God. But listen, it says this. The Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Now prepare yourself like a man and I will question you and you shall answer me. I love that. In fact, I'm, I'm going to go home and read maybe the four chapters actually <laughs> later on today. But just this verse here, it's in verse 12 and 13. Have you commanded the morning since your days began and caused the dawn to know its place? that it might take hold of the ends of the earth and the wicked be shaken out of it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I just love, uh, you can only love this when you're standing in darkness and then you see the sun starts to rise. And often I am in that position. Often I'm in that position. And I love it when you stand there and all of a sudden, I can tell you the time, I, I can tell you just over the hills, it's going to, the sun's going to appear at a certain time. But then as we move towards spring, isn't it? It gets earlier and earlier and earlier. And we're in that place just now. I love it when the light starts to come, chasing out the darkness. What happens when light comes? It chases out the darkness. Now all of a sudden it's gradually, it's getting dark. And then all of a sudden you can start to see that that darkness has been forced to give way, give way, give way, give way, give way. And then the sun comes up in all its brilliance. And shoom, there's no more darkness. And it's like that where the Lord says that, you know, if you commanded the dawn when the, when the sun rises. You see, light will always chase out darkness. Light will always replace darkness. Always. Always replace darkness. Or it will push the darkness into wee dark corners and the wee rocks and shady places. But it will be forced to retreat before the light of God. Like the natural sun rises up. Hallelujah. And I am praying for a new dawn in this land of Scotland. Amen. When the light of God again is going to start to what? Invade the land. Now what does that mean? The revelation of God's going to start to invade the land. And one thing I pray when I stand up there in my hill, I say this, Lord, send your word to Scotland. Send your word again to Scotland. Hallelujah. May Scotland be challenged by the word of the living God. Now that's just like saying, let that light come again, Lord. The revelation, what's it like? The revelation of the living God. Hallelujah. Let my nation be challenged again with the word of the living God. And then they'll have no excuse. Then there'll be no excuses. They will, they, will, they will be confronted with the word of the living God. Hallelujah. Father, send your word. Send your light. Let the light again come into this land. What we're seeing is let the glory, isn't it? We say that when the, the glory of the, you know, the, the sun and all of its glory when it starts to shine, doesn't it? And it's wonderful and it's beautiful and you can feel its warmth and it brings life. Everything starts to come alive. I mean, I can see my wee daffodils up the back. They're not quite opened up, but you can start to see them. They're, you can, they're up there, aren't they? Does it not just bring life? When that light comes, when that springtime comes, oh, Father, give us another springtime in Scotland before the darkness of these dark days that we might just have another opportunity just to see the Son of God glorified in our land. Father, that we can see a move of your Holy Spirit when God will just invade the land. Hallelujah. The revelation of God will grip the hearts of men and women. And all of a sudden they'll be brought to their knees and just say, oh, God, forgive me. I did not know. Because they were dark, they were darkened. We need Damascus Road's experiences, brothers and sisters. 
There's people out here who need to be to hear that gospel message. And I know it's tough sometimes. I know it's just that people just, you get exasperated. People call me an evangelist. I'm not an evangelist. But I can do the work of an evangelist. Paul writes to Timothy and says, Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. Do the work of an evangelist. Can I say this to every single one of us? Do the work of an evangelist. Well, I'm not an evangelist. We'll do the work of an evangelist. What does that mean? Go and start sharing about Jesus. Get your life in order. And you'll have greater, and there'll be a greater light shining through you. The more you expose yourself to the light and start to chase out the darkness that's inherent in all of us, and start to chase it out, the greater that light will be manifested. Sometimes you'll just walk into somebody's presence and you won't even have to say a word. Amen, John? You ever get that? You can just walk in and somebody goes, oh, man, that person's shining. What is that about you? You've got something. Now, probably the greatest shining man that we know like, out, out with the Lord Jesus Christ was the Moses. Remember, he was, in the, he was up in the presence of God for 40 days and he came down and his face was like the sun. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Couldn't you look at him? Why? Because he was radiating the presence of God. Why was he radiating the presence of God? Because he was in the presence of God. Because he was spending time in the presence of God. And when you spend time in the presence of God, listen, this is not rocket science. When you start spending time in the presence of God, I want you to tell you this, you'll start to shine. Why? Because you start to reflect the light of the Lord and our Savior. When you start spending time with him, you will start to radiate that light. And I'm not saying it's a physical ball of fire, you know what I mean? But I'll tell you this, but people will start to see something in us. They'll react against it, but a lot of people will be drawn to that as well. Just say, what is that about you? There's something, there's something, you know? We should have people running into this church. What is it? Guys, you've got something. They just don't know it just yet. But I believe that day is coming. Norman, I've been believing for it. Amen. When we'll start to see, when people will start to see, this, this, the, 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 the church will start to shine again. We'll start to bring bright like a bright fire. Hallelujah. Do you know in the, um, in the island of Lewis, during that great revival in 1949, they say 1949, 1952. Why did it last three years? I don't know. Did it last a bit longer either side? Was it building up and there's a wee bit after it? Who knows? But sometimes they'll, they'll, they'll put it in there. It says, people used to come onto that island and, and people give testimony that they seen fires over houses. Like, it, it seemed like a fire over churches, but over individual houses. It looked as if, boy, why was that? It was the glory of God. They were seeing the glory of God because the glory of God came down upon an island and became down upon people. Guys, why can't we see that today in our day? Why cannot we see that? Can I encourage us this morning? I've just really camped in here. We're called to be reflectors of the light. We are not the light. John the Baptist was not a light, but he came as a reflector of the light. He came, he says, I am not the light, but the true light is coming. I am just actually a forerunner of that light. Guess what, guys? The true light is coming. Yeshua, Jesus, is coming. Hallelujah. At this moment in time, we are called to be reflectors of that light and say guys can I tell you the gospel message can I share with you the word of God hallelujah amen let's pray father we just thank you fresh today Lord God we thank you Lord for the light the glorious revelation of your glorious son that's came to all of us here Lord and father in our darkness you invaded our darkness with that light with that revelation 
You brought us to the place, the footstool. You brought us to the foot of the cross. Lord, that we were able to acknowledge before you that we were sinners and we needed your grace and your mercy and we needed your forgiveness. Father, I thank you today for that light, Lord, that even now shines in here. Lord, there's a natural light, but there's a spiritual light. And I pray, Father, even as I brought your word to your people this morning as a means to encouragement, Lord, as a means to, Father, Lord, to cause them, Lord God, to stand up and to be counted, to stand up, Lord God, and, and to be reflectors. But if there's no, anyone in this room, Lord, that does not know that light that's still stuck in darkness, can I pray for them this morning? Can I pray, O oh Lord, that you will touch their hearts? Can I pray, Lord, that they will have that light bulb moment? That, Lord, that revelation shall be given to them. For it can only come from you, Father. It can only come by your Holy Spirit. And I pray today, is there anyone here today as they finished? Anyone that's never gave their hearts to the Lord? And this word has touched your heart and you would like to make a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ? Then put your hand up, let me see it. Amen. I will pray for you. Amen. Glory to God. you know again I will say to you guys I gave my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ on the 1st of June 1986 4.30 in the afternoon and at a church called Stock Street in Paisley I can tell you exactly the moment and time that I made that commitment and I would encourage you just now don't don't leave it to chance and think well I'm, I'm okay it's only okay when you know that you know that you know that you have made a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ and you have confessed him as your Lord and your Savior so, Father, I just pray today, Lord God, blessings upon this congregation. I pray, Father, you would help all of us, and I include myself in that prayer. Help us to reflect you. Help us to shine forth, Lord. Help us to be, Lord God, the light unto this world. Lord Jesus, you called us to be. Forgive us, O oh God, for hiding your light under a bushel, under a lampstand. Forgive us, forgive us, O oh Lord, for putting the light into the corner and instead of letting it shine brightly, Lord God, in the heart, Lord God, in our hearts and on our faces. I just pray, Father, today for a fresh revelation of the light within us. I pray for a fresh revelation of the call of God upon all of our lives, Lord, that all of us are called to be evangelists and to be reflectors. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. Thanks for watching. If you've been challenged today, then please drop a message so that we can help support and pray for you. And also, remember to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss the next message.